93.3 DF Memphis, Flynn Broadcasting Stations. From the Tigers' sideline, it's Tigers Talk with Memphis broadcasting legend Greg Gaston. Hear Greg weekday mornings on Sports 56 Mornings along with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. On Twitter X at Greg underscore Gaston. Here's Greg with Bryant and Brett. Greg Gaston joins us now to talk Tigers. You can listen to him every single morning with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. Greg, thanks for joining us. And the Tigers, they're back in action tonight in, in Philadelphia. An uh, only an hour. It's hard to believe. Uh, but another game for the Tigers. They got back to their winning ways over the weekend against Wichita State. But tonight on the road against another one of these teams, it seems like we're talking about the same opponent every game. One win in conference, bottom of the conference in the standings, not very good. Can't lose. You can't lose this one. Yeah, it's a broken record, unfortunately, but hopefully February will be much kinder to the team than January was. Uh, first of all, good afternoon, guys. Yeah, the Tigers back in my old stomping grounds. Philadelphia and the Temple Owls, not a good basketball team. The Tigers have uh, no more room for mistakes. They have to roll. they got to get on a roll. It started with the last eight minutes that Wichita State game. That was a game they could have easily lost, right? They were down 14 points, and yeah. I don't know what it was, but something sparked them. I, I think it was also bad coaching by Wichita State, not doubling David Jones, not preventing him from getting the ball when he took over the game. But it is what it is, and it was a dub. And now hopefully the Tigers can use that as some uh, ammunition to, as I say, get on a roll. And tonight it, it should be, I would hope, a comfortable night in Philadelphia, but then again, when have these games been comfortable for Memphis? Mm-hmm. Did you see the the sandwich that Jason Mons displayed in his tweet? I did not. He, he what do you have? He he's hit the the, the Philly specialties. Well, look, the cheesesteaks in Philadelphia for for tur- tourists <laughs> are fine. They're not the real the real cheesesteaks are South Jersey. I, I grew up sixty miles from Philadelphia. Philadelphia cheesesteaks they use. Cheese whiz. You can get some places to put provolone on it, but it's a whole different bread as well. The bread that is made in South Jersey, they use the salt water from the ocean, obviously purify it. It's a whole different ballgame bread. I'm telling you, I guarantee you know, for I anybody, <laughs> yeah, anybody out there who has that history knows what I'm talking about with the South Jersey cheesesteak. For those who don't, they're going to always buy the Geno's and Pat's and the the cheesesteak wars in Philadelphia. But when you go up there as a tourist, you certainly got to check it out. You got to have one. It's not bad, but it, it doesn't compare to South Jersey cheesesteak. Greg, you know, I've never asked you this as much as much as we've talked about everything and our upbringings and going to stuff. Did you hit that Philly Big Five basketball scene any growing up? Did, have you been to the Palestra? Never been to the Palestra. Believe it or not, I actually watched a lot of the games. They were televised on a local station out of Philadelphia. I want, to ch- I want to say it was Channel 17 on my dial, and I would watch those games. I wasn't really enamored. I played basketball, played it throughout my youth, but I didn't really watch a ton of it. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't a big NBA guy like I am now. And with college ball, it was the Philadelphia Big Five that I would watch on television but never actually went to any of the games. Did, did, do you remember John Facenda, the voice of the oh, NFL, sure. as local TV guy? My my late mom, that's all she watched was uh, Channel 10 Philadelphia WCAU. That was her TV. 
So every night the TV was on CBS. That was the CBS affiliate. So John Facenda was a part of that broadcast team. And then she would watch the national news with Walter Cronkite. Of course so it was did. always hmm. the same. And Washington correspondent Roger Mudd. Mm. And Roger, Roger <laughs> Mudd. But Philadelphia had some, uh, actually produced a lot of good now, uh, newscasters. John, John Vicenda was not the, was he the sports guy? No, John Vicenda was a, was a news guy. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, was it, uh, John Vicenda, was he news? I think it was news. So he NFL was, Field just voice. found him because of the yeah. voice. Wow. He was the voice. And then, of course, my idol, um, became a, um, Became the voice after that, the, uh, the the voice of the Philadelphia Phillies for all those Harry great years. Yep, Harry Callis was my idol, and then he became the voice after the passing of John Facenda. But they are in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, right across the river from Philadelphia. I'm talking about NFL films, so they would use that that local talent, and and with Facenda having that great those great pipes, and then of course with Callis, they didn't have to go too far. Greg, I'm gonna blow you away, Harry Callis. With color analyst Joe Cap did the did the Liberty Bowl and Bear Bryant's last game. Oh my gosh! Really? How Joe about Cap? that? And, and Joe Cap did it about thirty days removed from the bands on the field. He was he was still coach at Cal. And I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Harry also did some Notre Dame football later on. And I'm not sure where he did it on if he did it on radio, TV, or whatever. But I know he got involved in Notre Dame I, I as thought well. So too. Like like on like Mutual Network, something like that. Yeah, it may have it, it may have been one of one of the greats, and it probably should have gotten more national recognition than he did. But he was uh, he was my idol growing up, and that's why I got into sportscasting. You know, love the love of sports and listening to that guy broadcast. Well, uh, for the Tigers tonight in Philly, going back to that game against uh, Wichita State over the weekend, uh, we talked to Dave about this earlier this week. I know he talked about it on his show, but when you view that game, do you view it more as Tigers struggle again to a team that they are better than, a team that only has one win, or do you look at it as, well, look at those last seven minutes. They played much better. They looked more like a team than they had in the month of January, and they, they played really well to come back and win that game. I'm not usually a half-empty guy, but I'm sorry. I'm looking at it as Damn. the former. I'm looking at a team that had been struggling. They continued the struggle. They just beat up Wichita State. They blew them out in the second half in Wichita not that long ago, and here they are down 14 points at home. All of a sudden, the Tiger struggles are at home. They're on the road. It doesn't matter where they play now. And then the last couple of games, the loss to Rice and Wichita State, especially in that first half, you saw all of a sudden the struggles on offense, which has not really been an issue this year, to match the struggles on defense. I'm hoping that was a wake-up call the last eight minutes. But certainly I look at that game and say, wow, you saved your season. That's exactly what uh, AQ said after the game when he was asked that question. He said, yeah, we, we basically saved our season with that win. And, of course, when we say that, we're talking about at-large, chances for an at-large into the NCAA tournament. And uh, you talk about JQ, I mean, really poor shooting performance from him, but he does make the clutch three late in the game um, that really was massive for them to win that game. Him lately has not played like he played at the beginning of the season. What have you seen from him, and where do you think this kind of recent struggle has come from? Yeah, I think I accidentally said AQ there, but J- yeah, JQ, Javon Quinterly, uh, had a rough game. He missed his first 12 shots, but he was doing other things. We saw his assisted turnover ratio was really good. If I'm not mistaken, Brian, wasn't it like 8-1? Eight, yeah. Eight assists, one turnover, yeah. and we hadn't seen that in a while. He also had at least a half dozen rebounds that I remember. So 
He was doing other things. He just had a tough night shooting the ball. Tough day. It was a day game. But he hit that big three, and that was a huge bucket for uh, for him and for the team. And we know that he's capable of not only taking but making the big shots, as he has done that several times this year to pull the Tigers out of the fire. He is He's pivotal. Look, David Jones is their, their best player. He's their leading scorer. He's the guy that certainly is, is moving up draft boards. But they will go as far as Quinterly takes him. He has to be really, really good every game out. Because the ball's Tigers in his hands success. too much. Ball's or, in his hands. Not, not too much, so there. much. Mm-hmm. No, I know what you mean. But he he's the leader out there. He has to be vocal. He has to be the one when the things are going bad as a floor general to get the guys together, to be able to talk to him. He's not some rookie. This guy's been around for a long time. He needs, and I know Penny has said it, needs to be more vocal, more of that type of leader, not just lead by example, but lead with your voice because they really have been missing that this season. Yeah. No, they absolutely have. We know Jordan Brown uh, returned, and everyone was kind of curious of what his role would be now that he's back with the team. And and I know, you know, talking to some people that they thought he so would far see limited. a lot of the minutes, and yeah, very limited. I know a lot of people thought he would play in that first game against Tulane. He doesn't play, and since then, um, been very sparse in terms of minutes. Have you been surprised? Let's hope about no relapse. That? Yeah, really. But have you been surprised of the lack of minutes for him, and that they're kind of keeping him on such a tight leash, or, or did you kind of expect that? after he missed those 10 games? I expected it, I, and not because of some type of, of, of punishment. I just think that this team, first of all, has gotten a lot of uh, terrific performances from Malcolm Dandridge, Damn. which limits the minutes needed for Jordan Brown. And then second of all, this team will not have to go too many times in this league big versus big. They will try to run a smaller lineup out there, which is what we saw the last eight minutes of that game against Wichita State, when you did not see Malcolm Dandridge on the floor, let alone Jordan Brown. So I can't imagine maybe tonight if they finally can put it together and blow out Temple again, easier said than done with the way it's gone, but maybe you see more minutes from Jordan Brown. But I would look at this Tigers team down the stretch going a little bit smaller at times. Now, they'll play some teams that have some size. Florida Atlantic still has some size, but if you're going to play teams that are – not really empowering from a in-the-paint situation, then why not try to beat them with a smaller lineup, a more fluid lineup that can get up and down the court, Again, taking nothing away from Malco, who has been outstanding this year and has been in the best shape he's been in all his career because of those knees. The knees are healthy. I still think that that might be a route to go. I think they learned a lot about themselves in the final eight minutes of that game. Our guest is Greg Gaston. You know the voice. You listen to him every morning alongside Eli Savoy on these airways, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. He's brought to you every week by Jim's Place Collierville, Mount Moriah Auto Sales, the law offices of Stephen Leffler, and Neal's Bar and Grill. So how many more losses can the Tigers take and still be an at-large or get back in at-large hmm. conversation? I think they got to go 8-1. and one. I, wow. I think a, a loss at Florida Atlantic, uh, you'll be okay. As long as you win the game against Florida Atlantic here in Memphis, I, I think it's eight and one. Maybe, maybe, and I heard Wolo talk about it, seven and two with a tight loss at SMU or at North Texas, whoever has the the better net, although the net's not the end all be all. I, I still think it's probably eight and one. Um, you have to and they have a they have a tough schedule coming up, and I know 
people are thinking, oh, it's Memphis. Memphis shouldn't be struggling with these teams in but this league. Are. I know. Mm-hmm. I Right. Let's talk reality mm-hmm. here, not what the perception was going in. The reality is they have. And now they're playing the better teams in the league. They have that Texas two-step where they're going to play next week at North Texas and at SMU. And that's going to be huge. Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, the revenge game against Tulane. I like their chances, especially if they play really well tonight. I like their chances to bounce back. That Tulane game down in New Orleans, which for whatever reason has been tough for Memphis over the last few years, not that you want to use excuses, but there were a couple guys out. There was some illnesses, and they had the lead. They let it go. I, I think they'll be okay. But the one that really worries me, the concern is that the Texas two-step, as I said, can you win both of those games on the road, let alone if you win one, are you still in the picture depending on what happens the rest of the way? And then you still have to play Charlotte at home, UAB at home. And again, I, I – I don't want to differentiate between home and away because the Tigers have struggled at home just as much as they've had late, lately on the road. So it's not a gimme just because they're back at the friendly confines. you got to play UAB, who you lost to down there in a revenge game. But that game against Charlotte, Charlotte is really, really good. They've been the surprise of the conference. But there are some some potholes ahead. you got to avoid those potholes. And I think, uh, to answer your question again, Brett, one loss, the Florida Atlantic on the road, I think then you're pretty in pretty good shape if that happens. The pressure is really on. It's on tonight. People, some don't like that. You know, the media uh, always makes every game the biggest game of the year. Well, we didn't do that. I mean, we we, <laughs> we we weren't saying that around the Tulsa game. We weren't saying that around Texas San Antonio at home. Uh, we didn't say that on the road at Wichita State. It was after these losses, particularly blowing a 20-point lead at home to South Florida, then that roadie to Tulane, and on the road in one of the worst efforts ever against UAB, and then rock bottom for the year, home against Rice. That's when it started. Every game became the most important game of the year. Last Saturday, if that, but for that comeback, I, I think the the white flag would be out. The season would be over. Feels the same tonight, Greg. Just cannot lose. Absolutely, and just to add to your point, and you're you're right on about that. The only narrative that was happening when conference play began was coach, team, people within the organization—not organization, but program—saying that we are everybody's Super Bowl, which started back with John Calipari mm-hmm. and has continued with Josh Pastor and. And, and I'm not saying they're, they're wrong to a certain extent, but they were the ones building up the drama of those games. So it certainly is not the media's fault that right now we're looking at the rest of the schedule, nine games remaining in the regular season, and talking about how dire it is if there is certainly multiple losses still to come before the conference tournament. That, that is just reality. That's not us trying to build some sort of narrative. Not even close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Uh, talking to Greg Gassney, joins us every week to talk Tigers. I know we talked a little bit about it last week um, after that Rice game, but even against Wichita State, a lot of people have been talking about the rotations from Penny Hardaway and bringing guys off the bench real quick, throwing a bunch of different guys out there, especially early in games. What have you made of, of what you've seen from Penny Hardaway in terms of rotations, and do you think we see see more of a, a limited rotation tonight on the road against Temple? I, I certainly hope so. I, heard, I certainly hope the rest of the way that he will limit that rotation. 
And he has said things that make me think he will, but then when the game happens, all of a sudden you turn around, he's played 10 guys in, in the first eight minutes. You have to have some flow. You have to have some continuity. I think we know who those eight players should be, and he should stick with it. Yeah, uh, and even we know if a player who it should be, Greg. A- absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Look, if there's foul trouble, if there's an injury, it's a different ballgame. If you have a blowout, that's a different ballgame. But as far as going into these games, they can't take anybody for granted. That starts tonight with Temple, and you go in with, I think, a mindset of, of playing your eight best players and going from there. And, and hopefully those eight best players, because on paper they're better than just about everybody in the league, if not everybody, should be able to beat the other teams, whatever they want to use for their rotation. Greg, I, I was not stunned by ascending to as high as 10 in the uh, Associated Press Bowl. I was not uh, knocked over by it either because I didn't think it mattered that much, but they got there. They had a, a very good performance in the early season tournament. Got the ACC wins over Clemson and Virginia. None of that really surprised me. I am more shocked to look at AAC standings today and see right now the Tigers would be the seven seed mm. in Fort Worth. I know. I was talking about that this morning. I mean, it's it's mind boggling. You do you kind of do the uh, the old spit take. You look at it real quick and look back at it. And go what? Yeah, they're in seventh place. Yeah, that's that's uh, mind boggling. It, it it really is. Now again. They have the opportunity now, this late nine-game stretch in conference, to make a run up the ladder. Sure and that's do. what they have to do. They have nobody but themselves to blame if they can't do that. But, yes, let's be honest. If they end up finishing the regular season, go into the conference tournament as a sixth or seventh seed, a fifth seed even, that's absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right about that. I'm still um, caught up. Brett, you just showed me the Tigers. I did, Greg. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, I don't know Breaking if you know this. news. We, so we made the pick for the game. We do Tiger Bank roll at 345. It was, uh, the line was at Memphis minus six and a half. Bryant and Johnny both jumped on we both jumped the Tigers. On Tigers. I take Temple plus Temple. The six and a half. And now Brett just showed me it has jumped up to Memphis minus ten and a half for tonight's Who's game. Who's out for Temple? Really? It, it went from six and a half to ten and a half? Ten and a half, in, yeah. In two hours. In two hours. So I'm guessing pregame show for Temple, somebody's Bad out. Bad news got think. revealed. Can I middle it with our Tiger no. Bank? Will y'all let me? <laughs> no, absolutely not. You have I'm the sorry, lead. Brett, you can't. Tough crew. You have I'm the proud, lead Greg. by hundreds of, of <laughs> fake dollars. You're not getting to change your pick. Uh, no, that is I wonder what caused it. I don't know. Well, first of all, there is not one player that is good enough on that Temple team <laughs> to make that much of a difference. When lines move like that, that means it's late money and it's yeah. big money. It's not a you know a ten dollar bet. So I don't know. I mean, that's really interesting to hear a line jump up yeah. an hour before the game by four points. Wow, Th- that's that startling. Is, Unless if if you if you had the, the other side earlier, that is classic middle though. Mm. Yeah, really it is. is classic middle, but but it's also uh, unless uh, we're going to hear a story from. Muns or Parth that there is a uh, you know some bad uh, pat steaks going around and Temple yeah, unfortunately yeah, really. ate them before the game and they all got food poisoning. I don't think that's the case. Sorry, Pat, but 
Who knows what it is? To me, that tells me uh, Greg, that a lot of sorry to Pat. You've already taken two pretty good shots. <laughs> at, at I know. I'm sorry. I'm in New Jersey and, and Pennsylvania, we have a little feud. You going, do. You y'all, know. Y'all, y'all, y'all um, have it going. The greatest player ever out of the city of Philadelphia was Wilt Chamberlain at, at, at Overbrook High. Right. It, 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 if he missed the game tonight, I don't think he'd move it four points. Mm-hmm. No. That, to me, that's that's a lot of late money coming on the game. Uh, again, unless it's something else that I I can't put my finger on. I haven't seen any of the news. I did, I wasn't following the line too carefully because every time I see a line with Memphis, I, I turn around and look the other way because yeah, go again. I yeah. saw that rice that rice game. I, I broadcast that game, but the line was I think it was thirteen and a half. I, like, and I looked half. at that. I, I chuckled or whatever yeah. it was. I yeah. I go no no disrespect to Memphis, but they don't play blowout games. It's no. very, very rare. They may get one tonight. Let's hope they do if you're a Tiger fan, but they're closer than they should be, so that line, to me, was out of whack. But this one, very interesting. Here's something, uh, I guess, of note for tonight's game. Jason Munns tweeted out about 15 minutes ago, uh, Jalen Young is not participating in pregame warm-ups. I don't expect him to play tonight with an ankle injury. That comes from Jason Munns. What have you thought of, of Jalen Young uh, recently, specifically in conference play? Because early in the season, a lot of people excited about him, a lot of people excited about what he could bring you off the bench, and now not seeing as many minutes, and, and I don't think being as a, a effective as some people thought he would be at the beginning of the year. Yeah, great young man uh, came from UCF. I expected more from him, to be honest with you. But then again, if you watch what Penny does, you know, Jalen will get in the game. If he makes a mistake, he's yanked right out. out yeah. and, and and that's why I think he's really important. He would be part of my eight-man rotation. Obviously, he can't go tonight because he has to be the guy to spell JQ. Yeah. And they have to have the faith in him to give Quinterly that rest. And even if he makes a mistake, to continue on. Again, this isn't some true freshman. But with him, again, out tonight, like I said, I'll say it one more time, I don't think this will be a problem tonight because if it is a problem tonight, the season is done. Put a fork in the season. But I don't think they'll they'll miss him that much tonight. But it'll be interesting, so who gets those minutes? Is it going to be more Jaden? Are they going to get Sharon Fon in? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be actually a deeper rotation of what we've just talked about, that he should narrow the rotation? So it's... yeah, it, it, it hurts not having one of those guys who I believe would be in that eight-man rotation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Well, uh, Greg, before we let you go, uh, Super Bowl week, we got to get a Super Bowl pick and uh, score from you. What was it? Was it last year or the year before that you nailed the, the Super Bowl score? Year before. Year before. On the year before yeah. I hit it exactly, yeah, and, and was able to win some money. So that was pretty cool. I don't know if I'm going to throw down money on a an exact score because <laughs> i got to be honest with you, I can't. I can't figure out if this, in my opinion, is going to be a high-scoring game, like Peyton Manning said, or a low-scoring game with these defenses. I I do like Kansas City. I still think wrong team's favorite. No um, disrespect to San Francisco. I I just can't go against Mahomes, the team that's been there and done that, the way they played, winning those two road games in Buffalo and Baltimore. I'm going to go Kansas City, and since you put me on the spot, let me go something like... Uh, 27-24 KC, close one. So that's over okay. too, as well, over 47. That's over. Now, again, I wouldn't – don't take don't yeah. take my word, folks, and bet it over. I'm a little suspect about the score. I just put the entire like retirement on it, Greg. Too late. <laughs> oh, I already hit 10. Well. Oh, man, I'm going to have to take care of you during your old years, right? <laughs> yeah. 
We'll have to do something, I guess. <laughs> you, you and Mary got extra bedroom, don't you? <laughs> yes, Somewhere. we do. Yes, we do. You're always welcome. Thank you, Greg. Well, Greg, as always, thanks for joining us, uh, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the game Sunday. Thanks, Greg. You got it. Thank you very much. Greg Gaston with us every week talking the Tigers, and we know how big tonight is for yep. the Tigers, and it will be – I can't imagine tomorrow with a loss. I don't want to imagine tomorrow with a loss. Do you, Johnny? we we we'll have to pick up the pieces, won't we? It's gonna yeah, be, we're going to have to pick up the pieces. You're going to have to fend for yourselves, I guess. And I, and I don't think it will be, but no. it, it doesn't even need to be narrow. It's got to be. But, it, but yeah, it got to be a statement. It got to be a statement. Brett, the problem is is that we're sitting Cover the here, six and a half or the ten and a half. Well, that, now that's a good question. I'm glad we got it at six and a half. I can tell you that much. Well, you too. But, but Brett, here's the problem is we shouldn't be sitting here in the middle of early February talking about what if a loss against sure a one-win team in conference. Last year, I the agree. year before that, we would have never had these conversations yeah. about a team with one win in the conference. It's just, it's just you don't know what you're going to get. That's, That's crazy. what it is. I mean, you just don't know what so you're going to get. Johnny, you don't, and we're, we're getting close to my time of the year. This is who you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About, about February 20th, 25th we're or right so. We're the corner. I, I just don't think anything magical is going to mm-hmm. happen. And Nope, no, I'm not even going to say that. We'll, we'll wait and see yep. tonight's result and hope it's a good one. This hour of our show brought to you every day by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Gene on the Historic Square in Collierville. They've been there since 1961. Charles Hall, he started working there in his teens and now with his wife, Laura. They are the team that owns the place, known for all the boots, but also accessories, clothing, and a cap for any team for any season, Western wear. Work boots, safety toes, soft toe, rubber boots. They got the boots. Boots for every occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. From head to toe, they have you covered with every brand imaginable. Name brands like Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean. Whether for men or women, they've got men's and women's clothing, jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duckhead collection you'll find anywhere. And we're going to have shorts on soon. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street or visit HewlettDunn.com. But they want you to get by. Come by. Visit on the square in Collierville. And it is beautiful. Hats, sunglasses, boot care products. Every area team snapback cool hat you can think of for the Tigers, for Tennessee, for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, the Razorbacks, and the bag selection for travel season. It is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com. But visit, stop by, visit, say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Well, let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what's trending. We are real sports talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn Boot & Jean Company in Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Welcome back in to Sports Time. we got about 30 minutes, a little less than 30 minutes left uh, for our show. 30 minutes until tip-off uh, between the Tigers and Then an and hour Temple. and a half from tip-off for That's the Grizzlies. That's right, downtown. for the Grizzlies. And we talked about it with Greg, but that line a shot up for the Tigers game from 6.5 where we bet it 
to ten and a half where it sits now. They get Joel Embiid confused with playing uh, for Temple. <laughs> Is anybody tell them Joel Embiid's out and a wrong team? Vegas wrong doesn't team. get real confused. Uh, no, no, no. They don't get real confused. And they don't make um, moves unless there's a reason for it. And so I, you know, while we we're talking with Greg, I was trying to look maybe, you know, I and, see nothing. And Greg, you know, good point. I mean, this team is not very good. It doesn't seem like if they were missing a player that that would swing a line. But I mean, maybe if their leading scorer was out or something like that, that could um, swing it. But it's 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 interesting, especially with how bad how poor the Tigers have been playing. Greg's analysis was so good. I, I, I not just because I agree with him, but I've heard him be. I would say very strident, mm. uh, and, and Greg's anything other than Homer. He, he's for the Tiger. Sure, absolutely. Very important to him. Yeah. A big part of his life, a big part of his son's life. But Homer, he is not right. and has never been. Right. And he all week he has talked about, you can talk David Jones all you want. Mm. This comes down to Javon Quinterly. Absolutely. Just absolutely. The, the ball's just in his hands. All the time. It makes yeah. sense, especially with this college game and how the end-of-the-game situations go mm-hmm. with fouling, intentional fouls, intentional that aren't intentional, yeah. with sending people to the line. He, he's he got to be rock solid. Yeah, no. I, he, he wasn't last year at Bama. No, he wasn't. And, and lately he's he's you know had his struggles, and I think that game against Wichita State where – I mean, you're you're 0 for 12, and you're running down the court with a with a big shot opportunity. I mean, I'm shocked he took it. I'm I'm kind of shocked he is too, and and I think that says a lot about him. I mean, he you have that confidence in your shot. Shooter's going to shoot, and uh, you know you without that shot, the Tigers lose to Wichita State. They sure do. So I mean, it's it's huge. But and, and, and Greg was right on. You know, with the Wichita State coaching and decision making down the stretch mm-hmm. was really, really, really questionable. Yeah. And I and I, I wasn't alone. Everybody mentioned the two missed layups, the three missed free throws, mm-hmm. the air ball from yeah. eight feet. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then the whole kind of playing too fast, a a, a little too quick in the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Wichita State gave that one away. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And so I think Javon Quinterly is going to be somebody to watch uh, tonight. See how he kind of bounced back after that performance, uh, Parth. Uh, Upadiah just tweeted out the starting lineup for the Memphis Tigers tonight, and we do have um, a little bit of a change in the starting lineup. Javon Quinterly, Jaquan Walton, David Jones will all start, but in the front court it will be Nicholas Jordan and Naquan Tomlin. So no start for Dandridge tonight on the road, uh, which is kind of interesting. He's been so solid lately. Played his best ball. Yeah, um, so... uh, Let's see. First time Tigers are rolling this five out to start. Same five that closed against Wichita State last game. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, I should have read that along with the five because we know okay. Penny Hardaway is very much, if things aren't working, he wants to change it and find something that works. If something is working, he wants to stick with that. And, and you know, we've seen that time and time again, so it doesn't surprise me. I don't know if it's the move I would have made. I do love Nicholas Jordan, but, and for Nicholas Jordan, going back to Temple, you know, let him start, but... I do think Nicholas Jordan is one guy that you can throw in the starting lineup, but he's also very comfortable coming off the bench, and I don't think he has that... Yeah, I don't think it's a courtesy start. No, I don't think it is it's either. It's not like senior night no, or something. No, no. But, but Nicholas Jordan is, seems to be one of the guys that, 
out of the guys that have started this season, is very comfortable and very okay with coming off the bench. And I am a little surprised that they're going away from that. I I, I am too. But it, it's big tonight and get that win, get that win Sunday yeah. and kind of turn the Titanic around a little bit. Yeah, no, and you know, going back to my big number, you know, they've had a lot of success well, in the month of February. Well, which one of the big numbers, Johnny? Ten, not nine, because nine was the wrong for, big for number. For Brian, I mean, which, which one are we calling? Ten. Ten Thank was you. big. It was ten. It was ten. It was ten. Nine, nine, well, nine was wrong. I mean, nine yeah. was wrong. Was, Incorrect. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But, Johnny and I are going to talk a lot about this. The, the AAC is saving a Sunday if you don't want to go all pregame, no, and right. I don't. Yeah, you're right. I, yeah. I, I I might dip into here because it's. I think the Westwood, not just because it's here. I swear, I'm not saying it because it's here. I think it's more meat and potatoes mm-hmm. about the game. Yes, you're than right. Some of the network run up. Yeah. I won't turn on the network. I, I'm going to try to stay away from it until about five o'clock, about thirty minutes yeah. out. Yeah, that, that kind of singing time. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 take that in. And no, I'm not betting on any of the the song links. No, I, I won't. Are you right? Uh, I don't think so. But I don't. Well, I'm a little disappointed in that. Um, I'm shocked. Well, I mean, it's Thursday. I mean, I make all my decisions day up. But the AAC <laughs> saving us with a good schedule. Really good, Sunday. Really good slate. Really, a real really good. good slate. Yeah. Tigers in there. Um, FAU, Tulane, FAU, uh, ten teams, five games. Yeah. FAU, Wichita State, UAB, Tulsa should be a good game. Charlotte, Temple, and then what I think outside of probably Tulane, Memphis, the best game, North Texas and SMU is going to be a heck of a game. The and that's battle a, for Dallas, and that's a, a one p.m. start alongside the Tigers game. And so you know, three o'clock. I mean, that's that's getting you pretty close to to kickoff. What else do we have nationally Sunday? Um, you got Minnesota Iowa, which is a, a decent Big Ten game. Seton Hall Villanova. There's really not a lot outside of the it's American. Really America's really you it know is. carrying the college basketball flag for Super Bowl Sunday. And then prop bet time will start. And then after that Tigers game on Sunday at about three thirty or so, that's when, as the as the cool kids say, Brett, we get to we get into the lab. You do. <laughs> you you will be mixing it all up, won't you? I, I will. I will. So that will be. We'll, a we'll lot get of fun. your pick for tomorrow and, yep. and, and give it out yeah. at this time tomorrow. We'll do it yep. about five thirty, where we normally would do Friday football forecast. But our la- our very last pick. This and is I'm, it. And I'm not going to be here for it. I, we'll get I hate we'll get that. you down. I hate that. If y'all weren't kicking me out, Johnny's won the straight upside, just picking. The he winners has. to advance in the playoffs. Yeah, he has. He's been really, really Ran good. Ran away with it. Not letting you participate next year. Yeah. Um, some Grizzlies news tonight um, for their game that tips out tips off in a couple of hours. Luke Kennard's going to be out tonight. He was uh, questionable going into the game, but he will be out tonight. So it's going to be really thin now, especially with the moves uh, that they've made over these last two days. I know Tillman's been battling an injury, but you know with with, Dave, uh, with David Roddy now being traded. They're going to be very, very kind of kind of well, thin. Tillman's gone too, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And but he'd been dealing yeah, with injury, right. so you know you hadn't seen much. The Bulls of have some injuries, but not like this. No, not like this. So uh, still questionable for tonight that we don't have a definite ruling on uh, Jaron Jackson and Derrick Rose um, and Zaire uh, is ruled as doubtful. So doubt we see him, uh, but maybe Jaron, maybe Derrick Rose, we see tonight um, against the Bulls. But certainly, I. I what I saw- is that line done? That that's a good question. I, I don't even know where that line started off this either. morning. Um, Chicago, I do, I do too. Chicago five and a half. 
That's where it is right now, or that's where it started. It's where it started this okay, morning. Okay, interesting. Let me find where it is right now. Um, it's still five and a half, so it, it has not changed at so all. Luke Kennard news didn't hit him hard. Huh? Luke Kennard did not do anything um, for that line. So you know, I know a lot of people were pointing out in that game against the Celtics that G.G. Jackson was taking a ton of shots. Eh, get ready for that tonight. I'm sure G.G. Jackson let will fly. be taking. Let Why it not? fly. Vince Williams, let it fly. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm all of them. I'm excited to see these young guys. I don't mind it at all. No. I don't mind it either, especially since what's out there. Might as well let them. This is the opportunity for them to develop. Exactly. So. It is. But then there, and I wouldn't be too worried about that right now. Yeah. But later in the year, we it's that fine line of bad habits developing. Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and maybe I, a, I do a, see what a, you're saying. A shot on that. getting funky out out of whack. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and you certainly don't want that. So no, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out for the Grizzlies. Now that you know trade deadlines down, Udawanave, welcome back. You know we'll see you in a couple of days. I guess. Can't wait to break my jersey. Yeah, that's right. No, very very. <laughs> I love it, Brett. Around here, <laughs> I um, love it. <laughs> Johnny asked asked me the question you asked before the show today about jerseys. Oh uh, yeah, um, if, I, if I had any. Oh yeah, did you have any jerseys? Um, also, I Eli asked, Manning. No, I, I, that's the only jersey I yeah. have. But isn't uh, it was about Zebo? You the, asked me my my, my favorite pl- ba- favorite Grizzly. Yeah, and I said uh, favorite player. Player. Ever. Yeah, and it really it supplanted Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Pete Maravich. Yeah. Zebo. He wow. told me that, and I regret uh, when they did a lot of those ABA throwback nights, and they mm-hmm. did. Pros, Tams, yeah. and Sounds, yeah. and the Sounds uniforms look just like the Memphis oh, Sounds. Exactly, yeah, and, and yeah. a great look. And that was the team that the sports anchor on ESPN, Hannah Storm, mm. her dad, Mike Storin, ah, yeah. ran the team. She changed her name for TV, sure. uh, but her her dad ran the Memphis Sounds. The Pros uniforms were red, white, and blue, and good, nothing special. Sounds were red and white, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. But the the Tams were the Oakland A's yeah. look because Charlie O'Finley owned the A's and the Tams and the yellow top. And they wore them one night. Zebos looked the yeah. best. No, I I remember when they wore those and and I thought those looked really really good. And and the sounds too. I I've love got a Larry Finch Tams car, uh, basketball card and sounds really, card. Really, really. Oh, that's legendary right there. Uh, that's a legendary. A, a funny story um, about the the Memphis Sounds jersey. I I have owned Grizzly jerseys in the past, but I love the Sounds jersey. And so I bought a. Um, Memphis Sounds Mike Conley like shirt jersey and uh this was about the same time me lovingly and, known as Shirzy. a jersey yes you gotta be careful with that um especially on the radio yes you do um but especially at 543 uh-huh so one day my my brother was wearing my brother's only a couple years younger than me so you know there have been times where we've worn the same um, sizes and shirts and stuff like that. And so one day he wore my Memphis Sound shirt and him and my parents, he was probably in middle school, went to, uh, or maybe even elementary school, went to Dick's Sporting Goods. And uh, I went there, but they told me a story that a guy walked up to them, tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey man, really like your uh, your shirt. And Connor turns around and he goes, oh man, thanks. It's Mike Conley standing there saying, I like your shirt. How about shirt. that? And what so, a great that's story. That's legendary. Yeah, so, uh, so he was wearing his great Sounds story. shirt. And so, uh, yes, I really like the Sounds look a lot. He had to get a picture. Yeah, he got a picture. Legendary, and I think legendary moment. Yeah, it, it, it was, is it was Connor cool. pulling the all day Westwood coverage he's, Sunday? He's going to go up and so uh, we'll have church that morning uh-huh. um, that we do on, on this station. He'll uh, kick church off and he'll be here. 
think he's got relief, a relief pitcher coming in at about five or so to so do the actual get, game. Get, watch the game. So, so he's gonna, Good. I think, either go home or go to a buddy's house and Good. watch the game. So, uh, so yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a busy day here on uh, on we might Sunday. Need to get Connor's pick for Sunday. Might we might to. need to. Might I like. To. I like how you sure. think, Brett. Yeah. I like I, how you I think. I have to get that from him. I don't even know where he's picking for this game. I haven't even talked to him about it. But let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show with Taco Bell Crunch Time. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports Fifty Six Happy Hour from eleven to one every weekday on Sports Fifty Six and ninety eight five FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. This is pretty cool, and we're just getting started, so... You are looking live. In your life have you seen anything like that? Goodbye. It's obviously crunch time. Hammer, nail, coffin. This baby is over. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito. So good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three-cheese blend grilled on the top. The Double Steak Grilled Cheese Burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. Bowl food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, what I learned today, a week from tomorrow, college baseball will start. And today, D1 Baseball put out their season preview for the American Athletic Conference, and they have the Memphis Tigers projected to finish third in well, that would the be great. conference. That would be and real growth potential. Yeah, no, absolutely. They have them finishing uh, behind East Carolina and Charlotte. Uh, first year uh, here in Memphis, Coach Matt Reiser um, coming after a really long stint at Southeast Louisiana. Um, it. Talks a lot. There's a big blurb about Memphis and, and a link to go even more. Um, but it sounds like what they've brought in through the transfer portal, uh, Matt Reiser as a coach, a lot of people. Could three get at large? Three in the American? Uh, two sure could. Two sure could. Three would be hard. Yeah. But, I mean, they go in here and, and talk about that Memphis could, could seriously be a surprise team out of the American. It would be fun and real growth opportunity for Absolutely. that. I think if they ever won, mm-hmm. they could tap into the same baseball euphoria yeah, that, that we we see in this area for SEC sure. teams, and the facilities have been upgraded some. Mm-hmm. What I learned, Auburn's arena and team showed out last night yeah. in thumping Bama. Uh, along with Tennessee, I think those are the SEC's best chances to get to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. Pat Smith said that as well. Final Four in Phoenix this year, around eight or nine bids, three or four in Sweet 16. Yep. Two or three in Elite Eight, one in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think either Auburn or Tennessee can win it all, though. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Uh, what I could have done without, I, honestly, it's it's got to be this recent line movement for this Memphis and Temple game. I just Who's don't, out? I don't get it. I guess it's good news for the Tigers, them going in the in the positive direction, but. I don't, I don't much understand it. That game is uh, tipping off here in just a couple of minutes at 6 o'clock. Going to be a tough game, but we've talked about it all day. I mean, this is a must-win. This is a game that you cannot lose. We've talked about the Tigers being so good in February, but you lose tonight on the road against Temple and, and, and kiss any chance outside of winning the American Athletic Conference down in uh, down in, in Fort Worth. Kiss it away. I mean, you're not yeah. going to get an, an at-large bit. It, it would, it, it's not going to be a fun atmosphere. I don't think it's going to happen, but it wouldn't be fun. I could have done with that, and we talked about it. You know you've hit kind of peak Super Bowl week when some of the questions and some of the protests mm-hmm. and some of the look-at-me aspect of it takes over, and still a long time till Sunday, but maybe maybe we don't have to show every person that scales the sphere in Vegas. And my idea to that person is, you got up there, yep. you find a way to get down. Yeah, yeah. I already went through a hatch at the top. Who knew? Yeah, I had no idea. I I'm still know? very new of the uh, of the what's going on at the Sphere. I heard uh, Dead and Company now have a residency at the Sphere. U2 has had one ever since it opened. So, learning more and more about the Sphere, I guess. Sphere's a popular place. I guess so. Where are you beaming tonight? H- headed downtown to FedEx Forum to see the Grizzlies play the Bulls. Chicago still yeah. holding at five and a half point favorite. Five and eighteen at home for the Grizzlies with a three game losing streak. Bulls are nine and fifteen in road games. Bulls won only other meeting this year on January 21st. Now, beam me to a doubleheader tonight in the American Athletic Conference. The first game that we've talked a lot about today, Memphis at Temple, tipping off in just a couple of minutes. And then later on tonight, you've got FAU and UAB uh, also on ESPN2. So right back to back on each other. Andy Kennedy begging for fans begging he's all he's he begs for fans a lot he, he's he always he does promote hard uh, but that's gonna be an interesting game fau on the road we've seen them struggle at times against a uab team that we saw beat the tigers and his coach you can honestly say he's never had an easy head coaching job no, I mean, absolutely i mean he, he pushed hard to finally get the yep. pavilion built i don't know if he ever saw a game in it I don't think he did. I don't, I don't think so either. And I mean, it, it, it's tough at UAB right yeah. now. Also tonight, nine NBA games. Mm-hmm. Uh, just playing Temple will affect Memphis's net. Yeah. Losing them uh, would really be crippling. I'm with you. FAU at UAB will be fun to watch. Yeah, it'll be fun. And, and for those NBA games tonight, a lot of them, you're going to be seeing some some different lineups out there because of some trade debuts. deadline. You're going to see some uh, you know some guys that you don't usually see because of those trades. If, that if just they're went going out. to a worse team, it'll take them a while to get there yeah, they're gonna you know, oh man had delay the moving yeah. band didn't and, come and they've got some time in there yeah absolutely it's gonna be interesting uh, you know in the next couple of days we'll start seeing those new if they're faces, going to new a better places. team they get right there. oh man they're there tonight on the ready bench, to play just ready oh coach you need, you need me to go in no 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 you can't go in yet maybe that guy temple got traded it affected the line maybe i don't know i mean it jumped i hope i hope they address it or something at the beginning of this game because i am shocked that it has jumped that much well, that is all the time we have today. Uh, enjoy your night. Enjoy this Tiger game. You're going down to see the Grizzlies. Be safe. Enjoy that. Uh, but most importantly, enjoy your night. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock. 